you already know, definitely had to get into this uh, Brian Flores situation. I'm an avid sports fan, you know, I love football, baseball, basketball, you know, all the major sports and everything like that. But, you know, this Brian Flores situation is pretty much nothing new um, to, you know, us uh, black fans or just black people in general in America because this is just not an NFL problem. Like, this is a problem in America, period, <laughs> where, you know, you have qualified uh, qualify black, you know, candidates that get constantly passed over or unfairly, you know, let go, fired, um, just because, you know, the color of the skin. And it's just like, uh, as far as us getting opportunities and things of that nature um, in, in the workplace, like if it's not a warehouse job where you get hired on the spot, but, you know, then you got to work your way up. And I, I've seen like a couple of my uh, coworkers who are, you know, black <laughs> and it took them like uh, a, a very, but it took them a lot, uh, a lot of uh, interviews and stuff like that just to get promoted where I've seen, like, you know, white candidates or whatever, they get the shit, like, first first shot on the interview. And, like, shit is crazy. So, um, Roger Goodell told teams on Saturday that the league will look to bolster policies meant to encourage hiring minorities, uh, particularly as head coaches. And he pledged an investigation, which is actually kind of funny. It's like the, uh, the NFL investigating themselves of wrongdoing is funny as shit. Like you got to get a like an a independent person who has no ties, no dog in the fight. You know, that's the only time like I would really trust the shit. But that's like having cops sit up there and police themselves. Like, oh, we checked in the we checked into the shooting and um. We're policing ourselves, and we found that we did no wrongdoing. Like, fuck out of here. <laughs> nobody nobody believes that shit. So, uh, particularly had coaches as he pledged an investigation into tanking allegations raised by Brian, uh, Brian Flores in this discrimination lawsuit against the NFL. Now, in the NFL, like, tanking has been, that's been there for, like, a minute, man. Like, teams be tank, tanking all the time. Like, you know. Especially if they feel that there's there's a franchise quarterback in the uh, in the draft and stuff like that, like they'll tank. And with the NFL, like it's it's blatantly obvious that these teams are tanking. Um, like take the Giants for example, um, where they they just completely gave up uh, later uh, late in the season, where you're within the five yard you you're within your own five yard line. And I think it was like third down or something like that. And like the the coach, uh, I forgot what the hell his name is. He had, he ended up getting fired anyway. But um, he he ran like a fucking goal line play, like on the five or some shit like that. Like not even trying to get a first down. I'm like, yo, your team just packed it in. They're just trying to solidify their their uh, their draft stock or whatever. Because the Giants, you know, they got like two first round picks and things of that nature. So I'm just like. Yeah, you guys just clearly gave it up. But, you know, teams have been tanking, like, all the time. But it's just crazy, like, how, you know, Brian Flores and Hugh Jackson, like, they came out and said, like, you know, the owners are trying to incentivize, incentivize, you know, tanking. Like, you know, and Brian Flores is K 
case, um, the Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross, like he tried to give them like a hundred thousand for every game that they lost. And like that's that's mad fucking <laughs> that's mad money if you if you really look at it. Like a hundred thousand. Um pretty much uh now you get like seventeen games, so that's an extra game. So imagine if you went 0 and sixteen. Like that's mad bread. Um, or even if you went one and fifteen or one and sixteen now. Like that that's that's mad bread. Like I wonder if um like the Lions, uh, when they went 0 sixteen, they were the first team to go 0 and sixteen. Uh, you know, if the uh the management or the ownership over with the Lions was like, yo, fuck it. Like just uh we'll we'll give you a certain amount of money if you lose every single game. Now with them, I think they were, they were actually really trying to win and they just fucking suck. Like <laughs> the Lions have been a terrible organization for a very long time. And like I, I with them, I think they, they were trying to win. Um even when Hugh Jackson went 0 and sixteen in um in Cleveland, I think that he was actually like honestly trying to win. It's just they kind of they they he was playing a rigged game. Like pretty much like he was actually really out here trying to win a game, like trying to win games and stuff like that. But he stated that, you know, pretty much like he was just they looked at him as, yo, you just coach the team. And let us pretty much like, all right, so the analogy is like you cook the dinner, we buy the groceries. So he had no say in the players that he wanted to draft and everything like that. And so it was just like, all right, we're going to buy the ingredients. You put this shit together, even though, you know, you're you know what players fit in your scheme and you and your coaching staff know what players fit in your scheme, but they won't give you those players. So. And I think they sent him up ultimately to fail when they drafted Baker Mayfield because they're trying to say, like, oh, Baker, Baker Mayfield is the quarterback of the future for the Browns, blah, 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 and all this and that. I'm like, yo, this nigga is really, like, maybe a better version of Johnny Manziel right now. <laughs> like, he's Johnny Manziel without the fucking drug and alcohol problem. So he'll, he'll, he can win you some games a little bit, but he's not going to take you to where you need to go. Like, that, that's, what, that's what I'm looking at. So pretty much like, you know, tanking allegations, like, sh- like just it, it's taken to a whole new level now because like now they're saying like now they're trying to they they're they're incentivizing you like they're giving you a reason to lose, like to throw games. And as an NFL head coach, especially as a black head coach, like you got to show results immediately, because if you don't like you don't get a chance to fulfill your whole five-year contract. No, you get fired within one to three years of, you know, your coaching job. Look at the the dude over in uh, Houston um, that got fired. The coach, the, the coach that got Houston, uh, fired over in Houston, um, he walked into a shitty situation. Like, honestly, it's like being a black coach from what I see is like it's a catch-22 because, you know, most of the time you know you're walking into a, a fucked-up situation but it's like you can't really you don't have the the privilege to turn that shit down because like pretty much like as a black head coach in the nfl like that shit like the, the coaching opportunities are not going to come you know they, they they come once so often so this might be your only opportunity to get a head coaching job so it's like you kind of got to take it even though you know it's a bad situation like with the texans 
um, pretty much like the the head coach, he was walking into a shitty job. Bill O'Brien pretty much fucked the whole organization over before he got fired. Um, traded to, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, pretty much like that started a downward spiral with um, Deshaun Watson. And then on top of that, uh, he had those, you know, sexual assault allegations following him. So he didn't want to play um, just because he felt that, you know, the management disrespected him without, you know, consulting on him, um, you know, just, just involving him in the decision about, like, you know, the, the next GM and the coach and everything like that. And uh, so, you know, they let J.J. Watt uh, walk because J.J. Watt finally had enough. They done wasted a decade of that man's career. <laughs> um, so pretty much, like, he was walking to, uh, into a shit show. And for the most part, like, uh, he did, I guess, as as good as you could really do in, in a situation like that, like, really – like, your team sucks, and you know it, but, like, you're trying to build something, and then, like, they only give you a year, and then they fire you. So, like, the shit is crazy. And, like, on top of that, your star quarterback really, really sat out, like, the whole entire year. Like, he's not fucking with the organization at all. Like, that, that's just fucking crazy. So, you know, you're, you're walking into mind traps and, and shit like that, but it's like, like I said, like, you don't have the luxury of turning down jobs and stuff like that because these jobs don't come around often and then on top of that like if you you know you don't produce and you get fired then most of the time like you get relegated back to coordinator positions uh if you're lucky um but Hugh Jackson like he said he felt like he was blackballed out of the league after the Cleveland situation and like he really doesn't expect to get a coaching opportunity to uh arise like to go back to the NFL so he's focused on um you know building up Grambling Grambling State's program he's the head coach over there so which uh we we need more uh more more coaches to try to build up HBCUs and everything like that like that's a totally different subject but I I like that now you know we're we're putting resources and everything like that like just to try to get uh HBCU programs uh to where you know these uh these, these uh big name schools are you know you got Deion Sanders down in Jackson State he's he's starting to build up that program um had a successful first season and um look to continue to build on that uh got Eddie George I think in uh Tennessee State um you know you got got uh got big name coaches or big name players who were well players who were big name players now they're getting into coaching and, you know, trying to build up HBCU programs. So, you know, I, I, love, I love to see that. So down the commissioner said uh, to add the lead. Nah, the commissioner added that the league's record on hiring minorities has been unacceptable. See, what, what people don't understand is Roger Goodell is, in my opinion, he's just a highly paid employee of the NFL because, Yes, he's the commissioner. He do, he hands out punishment and things of that nature, but he ultimately works for the owners. Um, and there's like, what, 29? 29 white owners, and then like two owners are um, minorities. Like you got Shad Khan down in Jacksonville. That dude's a bumbling idiot. 
And um, I think one of the other owners is Asian, I think. Um, but so you have these people who are not people of color, well, besides two owners. And, you know, pretty much like, you know, the league, like 70% of the players or 70, 75% of the players are black on the field. And then, like, once you leave the field and you start to go up, there's fewer and fewer minorities. So it's like, who who do we have in there that can actually look us out? Like, you know, these white folks be looking each other out. Because as of right now, like, the whole trend for uh, for coaches now is, like, they're just hiring dudes who never had head coaching experience or never had coordinator experience. Like, they're just hiring dudes as, like, O-line coaches, special team coaches, like, Yo, fucking um, damn! Uh, what's that quarterback's name? Um, he was a backup for the Eagles. Like his Josh McCown. Josh McCown. Um, he had high school high school experience. <laughs> yes, he was a journeyman in the NFL. And then you know, backup quarterback uh, for like eighteen years. But like, I understand. Like, you, know, you got playing, but you playing experience, but you don't have like coaching experience. So, but the, your coaching experience is like high school. And he had got, you know, an interview in the NFL before, like, um, Eric Bieniemy, um and, like, being considered for a job, like, before Eric Bieniemy, Byron Leftwich, um, pretty much like the whole damn Tampa Bay Bucks uh, coordinating squad because, you know, um, they they hire, like, a bunch of minority candidates. So, I applaud Bruce Arians on that. Um, now, I, I did hear, like, Ryan Clark say, like, you know, pretty much, like, you only got really one black head coach now, and that's Mike Tomlin. He's been in uh, Pittsburgh for 10-plus years, and he's like, you know, he would like to see him hire more minorities on the staff, but he understands that he really can't because he has to look out or keep in his job, you know what I'm saying? So... Like, he's never – Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season in Pittsburgh, which is helping him, um, you know, keep his job over there, being a successful head coach. He won a Super Bowl. And on top of that, um, he has what's probably the best situation for a minority coach. Um, but as long as – as far as ownership goes, because, you know, it's ran by the Roonies. And the Rooney rule is, you know, named after – the original owner of the, uh, I think it's Art Rudy, um, of, of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, he really wanted to see minorities get ahead and things of that nature. But, like, the NFL and these other um, owners, like, they just disregarded that whole entire rule and just give sham interviews um, with minority coaches. So, it's like, you know that you have to have at least one minority coach. Yeah, you have to interview at least one minor- minority coach so you might already have someone else in mind that you want to hire who's not black, but you got to bring in um, a black person just to waste their time and waste your time, interview him, and then fuck around and not hire him, and then hire like you know the the white dude that you wanted to hire, um, who's probably less qualified, and like the shit is ridiculous and. Like, first of all, it's ridiculous that they even have a fucking rule for that shit. Um, I think, like, you know, 
black coaches are damn sure qualified or probably even overqualified. Because, like, like I said, like, you got to be, like, fucking super Negro in, in order to, like, you got to be the best of the best at <laughs> what you do uh, when you're black in, 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 in America to even get a seat at the table. You know what I'm saying? And then on top of that, like, you got to still be super Negro to actually keep your job. Like, shit is fucking ridiculous. Like, uh, a dude, a white dude could be average and still make more money than a black dude who's, like, or a black woman who's more qualified than, you know, that, that candidate. And this is how America has always been. So, like, white fans and white people who were looking at this, like, oh, my God, <laughs> we're so... This is ridiculous. Uh, I didn't know this was going on. Like, dog, this shit's been going on for decades, my nigga. Even fucking centuries. <laughs> but I'm going to say decades because, shit, um, we wasn't even really start able to work until, like, what? Like, maybe 80, 70, 80 years ago or <laughs> something like that. So, um, you know, Brian Flores, you know, he's black. And he was fired as Miami's head coach last last month, uh, despite having back to back seasons. Uh, he was named, no, he named th- uh, the league in three teams: the Denver Broncos, the Miami Dolphins, and the New York Giants in the class action lawsuit. Now this week, uh, alleging unfair hiring practices in the NFL, which is not shocking. Um, now after the lawsuit was filed, the league said. Uh, it would defend itself against claims uh, it said were, quote-unquote, without merit. In subsequent days, uh, the Dolphins, Broncos, and Giants issued their own uh, denials of Flores's allegations. Now, it says the most serious allegation in the lawsuit uh, in Flores's contention that the Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross, uh, you know, like I said, offered to pay him $100,000 for every loss during the coach's first season because the owner wanted to tank I wanted the club to tank so he can get a top draft pick. Now, like like I said, like, yo, every fucking, until they put in, like, a, I guess, like, a, NFL, uh, a NBA draft lottery or something like that, which the purpose of the draft lottery for the um, NBA is to uh, deter teams from tanking. Now, it didn't stop the Sixers, my Sixers, from tanking for five fucking years. Um, it kind of worked out. Uh, got Joel Embiid. Um, everything else, like, pretty much didn't work out. Like, got Markel Fultz. He didn't work out. Um, who else? Uh, the boy from Duke. Um, I see his face. I can't remember his name. Uh, damn, I forgot his name. Nerlens Noel. Like, at, at one point, like, we drafted, like, a big man three straight fucking years in a row. Um, and then, of course, uh, bitch-ass Ben Simmons, <laughs> who refuses to uh, who refuses to uh, improve his game. That's all Philly fans wanted him to do. That's all his teammates wanted him to do. He got called out on it, and he didn't want to play. So, pretty much, like, the to, – to deter – tanking in the NBA, they put the lottery in. So it's just like, you know, you finish with, you know, a really bad record. Like, pretty much, like, if you finish with the worst record, you get the most, um, you know, uh, ping pong balls in, in, in the in the thing. And then, you know, pretty much it's like a lottery. 
literally. <laughs> so it's like if your number gets called, so you literally have the worst record in the league and still not get uh, the number one pick. So they're trying to deter uh, deter that shit. Then I think that's what the NFL needs to go to, but they refuse to do it. Um, now it says in another article, uh, report that unnamed witness heard Stephen Ross offer Brian Flores $100,000 for each 2019 loss uh, disappears from uh, NFL.com. Now it says uh, one of the most fascinating developments in a week full of them uh, occurred when NFL Network, uh, the media the media operation partially owned by uh, Dolphins owner Stephen Ross, reported that an unnamed witness uh, heard Ross offer former Dolphins uh, coach Brian Flores $100,000 for each game uh, he lost in 2019. The report delivered by uh, delivered on air by Cameron Wolf uh, became an article posted at NFL.com. Now the article is gone. The link is dead. Uh, the, <laughs> the stack of news stories at NFL.com uh, no longer includes it. Yo, if that doesn't tell you right there, He's he's trying to backpedal and cover his own ass. <laughs> so, like, pretty much, like, he did it. Like, I, you can't tell me that Stephen Ross didn't do it. Stephen Ross is a dumbass anyway. And, like, nobody, like, there's been a lot of people that said, like, he, he's an asshole. Like, he's a rich old asshole. And um, the same dude that traded away, uh, what's the what's the wide receiver? Um... Kenny Stills, he, he traded away Kenny Stills because Kenny Stills refu- uh, refused to, you know, stop kneeling before um, the national anthem or stop kneeling during the national anthem. So he didn't like that public protest. Um, so he ended up, you know, trading him away. Like, he, he's already shown who he is. And it says it's unclear uh, when, it's, uh, when it disappeared. I checked to see if it uh, if it was still alive on Ross's after Ross issued an aggressive statement uh, late Wednesday describing the allegations as false, malicious, and def- uh, defamatory. Currently, it's gone. The original link appears in the story we posted uh, earlier on Wednesday, uh, and says it's no surprise Ross uh, faces potential criminal liability under the, uh, under the Sports Bribery Act. Um, now, the the surprise is that the story was ever published in the first place. Did the folks who put it on the air and on the web realize they were jumping onto a third rail <laughs> and accidentally trip over it? Or or did they accidentally trip over it? Now, it says, even though the story is gone, the truth remains that an NFL employee is aware of uh, the name of a witness who can corroborate uh, Flores's uh, claim for Ross offering cash for losses. Um so there is a witness out there. there. There is a witness, unnamed witness. So there, you know, there's definitely some validity to, uh, you know, uh, Brian Flores's claims. Like I believe them regardless. So, and I, you know, they they pretty much like Stephen Ross did him dirty in Miami. So he decided, fuck it. Like <laughs> I'm hitting back, and I'm hitting back hard. Now this has. You know the. This, this, now this has a definitely. Um, what could be a bigger impact than uh, Colin Kaepernick's situation? And Colin Colin Kaepernick, like he had the NFL dead to rights, 
And I don't know what the fuck my man did, but he chose the money over and and, and the false hope of him ever playing again in the NFL. He chose that over, you know, just destroying or like just forcing like real, real change in the NFL. And I don't know what the fuck happened. And um, pretty much like even in this class action lawsuit, I don't think like, Kaepernick can get in on that either because like I think in the settlement, um, he had to sign off that he he would never he can never sue the NFL ever again. So he pretty much screwed himself for you know a fraction of what he could have done. Um, that the money's cool and everything, but. If you're really, really trying to force change like you said you were, like you wouldn't have sold out like that. Like that's the way I look at it. And you know, it, it's it's a, it's a shame. Like, dog. Like if you are going to, you know, you gotta you gotta live by your actions. You gotta live by your well. You gotta live by your stand by your word. That's what I'm trying to say. Stand by your word. You said you're trying to bring change. You almost did, but then you sold out for the paper. So. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. Now it says, uh, yeah, so that, that, that's pretty much it uh, with this whole Brian Flores situation. Like it, it's, uh, it's going, it's still, uh, it's just getting started. So I'm pretty sure there's going to be like some more allegations and some more evidence and everything like that. He's been doing some interviews um, on some shows. Uh, Hugh Jackson has been doing some interviews on some shows as well. You know, so I expect uh, I, this is not done by a long shot, and I really do. I really do hope that this actually brings change to the NFL, um, because <clears throat> for the most part, like you know, I love the sport of football, and this is pretty much like the only place that you can really get professional football. Like it's not like they have um, anybody that's you know rivaling that league. Because every every time like a league tries to get set up to rival the NFL, you know they get shut down. So, you know, hopefully this this will change the league. But ultimately, the league ain't going to change until pretty much like ownership changes. And you know, you gotta still fight to get a seat at the table. And hopefully, we can have more minority owners um, in the NFL. So. And in port pro sports period, man, because pro sports like they they still won't really let black people um, or minorities like you know a seat at the table, like they they just want to own that shit and then they just want to run that shit. So pretty much, uh, yeah, like that. That's pretty much it, man. Like so, I, I just wanted to touch on this subject and um, and like I said, hopefully. This leads to change. But, yeah, those are my two cents, and I'm definitely going to stay close to the situation, definitely monitor this. So thank you for listening, and I will catch up with y'all later, man. Peace.